last week as we introduced this text to you and this theme of spiritual warfare, there were three things I, I laid out at the very end of the sermon. One, we have to take the devil seriously and his host seriously because this is a real thing. Two, let's not open the door to him and most importantly, let's not be afraid because we have one on our side, the valiant one whom God himself elected. We will not be afraid. Today, as we continue our walk, I wanna, I wanna speak to you as if this were a military briefing. We're going to war, and I wanna speak to you this morning on the basis of God's word as if this were a military briefing, as if you were soldiers, because you are soldiers going to war. Let's read together the gospel. Please stand. The gospel according to Mark chapter five, we'll read today the first 13 verses. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerizines. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was able to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, For me, are, we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we are weak, but you are strong. Come to us this morning with your powerful word and raise us up by your Holy Spirit to be a mighty army. Lord Jesus, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts, let it be pleasing in your sight. God, you alone are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Soldiers of Jesus, you who have been bought by his blood, who have been raised up by his Holy Spirit to be a mighty army, you who have his cross emblazoned on your forehead and on your chest to mark you as you really are, redeemed, holy, blameless children of God. Soldiers in the army of King Jesus, it's time for war. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, yet we are not unaware of his schemes. So stand firm. Stand firm in the Lord and in his mighty strength. The devil will come at you from the front. He will come at you from the side. He will come at you from the inside. On every front, at every time, the devil is your enemy. So know him. 
Today, I want to speak to you about his character. What is this devil like? What is our enemy like? Well, we know he is powerful. Did you see what he did to the man in Mark chapter 5? Totally overpowered him. This man had no words of his own, no might of his own. Do you, do you think that this man really wanted to sleep among the tombstones and cut himself with rocks? Do you really think that he wanted to be separated from people, isolated from his community? Do you, do you really think he wanted to live that life on, out of his own control, under the power of the devil? Do you think he really wanted that? No, no, the devil with his legion force had overpowered him. He is powerful, he is mighty. He is deceptive and destructive. Look what he does to this man. This man is not healthy and whole. This man is not in his right mind. Look at his wrists, if you will. Close your eyes and imagine what a wrist looks like after you've torn shackles from them. And look at his ankles. What do they look like after you've torn chains from them? And what does a body that's been cut with stones look like? And these demons, they beg Jesus, don't send, us out, don't send us out of the area, send us into the pigs. And yet, what did these demons do to the pigs even? <laughs> they destroy them too. A anything and everything the devil touches is destroyed and goes to ruin. He is powerful, he is deceptive, destructive, and he is so arrogant. <laughs> did you catch him talk to Jesus? Jesus, Son of the Most High, I command you in the name of the Most High God, don't torture us. He, he dares Jesus to take an oath. Jesus, I want you. This is basically what he's saying to Jesus. Jesus, take an oath and swear to God that you won't do this to us. Who do these demons think they are? To tell the Son of the Most High God what to do. Dear people of God, it's time for war and it's good for you to know your enemy. It's also good for you to know his tricks. It's good for you to know what you're up against and how to respond. We, we could talk briefly this morning about demonic possession. I won't go into details. Just look at the man and what's happened to him here in this account. And, and you can quickly see what possession looks like. This man has no power, no will. He's filled in every facet of his body, every fiber of his being, his vocal cords, his muscles, everything is controlled and overpowered by the devil. But dear people of God, do not be afraid. For so long as the Spirit of God is in you, God's most holy spirit, whom you have received at his, your baptism, whom you receive through word, whom you receive through supper, God's Holy Spirit, whom you continue to receive through word and sacrament, so long as he lives in you, there is no room in you for demonic spirits. They can trouble you from the outside, but they cannot come inside because you are a temple for God's most Holy Spirit. So do not be afraid. Because you were redeemed at a price, and God's Spirit lives in you. But if he cannot get you from the inside, he will come at you in your life by sending good times and even by sending bad times. Now, now you might think to yourself for a moment that those two ideas are quite contradictory, and they are. We most quickly think about how the devil afflicts and troubles and torments us by sending difficult times, like he did to Job. 
In one fell swoop, the devil, God allowed him to do this. In one fell swoop, the devil took Job's livelihood, his property, his possessions, his children, even his health, even his wife. She was alive, but she told him to curse God, so they weren't even on the same page anymore. He took everything from Job so that Job would curse God. And the devil will certainly do that to you. He will torment you and try you. The Germans call it anfechtung. Trial, temptation, trouble. He will trouble you in more ways than I can describe in, in, two hour, in two days' worth of sermons to make you curse God. But if he cannot get you to curse God, he will try to get you to forget God. He will make your life so happy, so pleasant, so full of shalom and, and peace He will make your life so much on easy street that you will forget all about the God from whom all blessings flow. Yes, if he cannot get you to curse God, he will get you to forget God. So dear people of God, remember this at all times. The devil is God's devil. And whether the devil sends good things or whether the devil sends bad things, God, your Savior, rules over it all. And so while the devil may design to destroy you, while the devil may design to make you forget God or to curse God, God your Father, God Jesus your Savior, King Jesus is over it all and he will not allow the devil to win. But do not forget. Do not forget how the devil partners with culture, how the devil partners with the world. The devil would love, this is what he did with Adam and Eve. He took what, something that God said is good and he called it bad, and he took something that God said is bad, and he called it good. The, the devil has his way of renaming things. L- let me just give you a couple of examples just to get your brains going. We're, we're told to be proud, to, to, to be proud of who we are, to be proud of the way that God made us. Let me ask you this. Where in the Bible does God say pride is a godly characteristic? Period. In fact, if we are to be proud at all, if we are to boast in any way, what does God tell us to boast in? Not in ourselves. Right, Kai? Not in ourselves, but in our Savior Jesus. See how, see how the world, see how culture has called something good and made it bad and taught us to be proud in things that we ought not to be proud about. And let me tell you this, I'm all about choices. I'm all about choosing hamburgers. I'm all about choosing what I'm going to drink or eat or wear. I'm all about us making choices. I'm in favor of making choices. But when God calls something sinful, I cannot be in favor of such a choice. Choice sounds like such a positive word, and I'm all in favor of choices where God has given us freedom to make those choices. But where God has not given us freedom to make those choices, we cannot be in favor of such choices. And I, and I could give more and more examples of these sorts of things, but let me simply say this, dear people of God. Take the Word of God with you into this war. It is the sword of the Spirit. It is God's truth by which we divide truth and error, by which we divide joints and marrow. Only through the, the Word of God will we know what is truth and what is a lie. <laughs> and finally, do not forget the enemy that lives inside you, the nature with which you were born, 
script, we call it the old Adam, the sinful nature. We call it by all sorts of different names. But the scriptures make it very plain that this old nature in you, it only wants what is hateful and hostile to God. The scriptures teach us that we were dead in sin when we were born. The, the, the scriptures teach us that our nature in us is inclined only to evil all the time. And this nature, it cannot be rehabilitated or reformed. And this nature, though we have been made new by the Spirit's power, though the Holy Spirit now lives in us, that old nature still lives in us. And what the devil will do is he will dangle out a lure, dangle out a temptation in us. The devil knows your weaknesses. He knows what you want. He knows what you like. He knows where you're weak. And he'll hang that out in front of you and, and get you to bite. And then when he does, he'll yank. Dear people of God, remember this. Your sinful nature cannot be changed. It cannot be reformed. It cannot be rehabilitated. It must be killed. This is a take no prisoners kind of war. Every day, go to your baptism and drown that old nature. The problem with your old nature is it knows how to swim. So every day, every moment of every day, run to your baptisms. You were baptized once, but you remain children of God. We, it, let's learn to say this. It's not I was baptized. I am baptized. I remain a child of God. So run to your baptism every day and take your sinful nature and drown him, Luther says. Drown him in repentance. Kill him there. I've been speaking to you so far about this as if, as if it were up to you. That you've got to get out there and fight. You've got to resist the temptations. You've got to, you've got to distinguish truth and error. You've you, you got to stand firm. You've got to stay in strong. But let me tell you this, dear people of God. If we confide and take confidence in our own strength, how do you think that's going to turn out? If, if perfect Adam and Eve, who were perfectly aligned with God's word, God's will, who had no sinful nature, if perfect Adam and Eve gave in to the devil's temptation, what chances do you think you have, you who have been corrupted by sin from your very birth? If we were to stand in our own strength, in our own striving, you will not be able to stand. You will not. It's simply impossible. But look. Look who lands on the shore of the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Look who lands on the shore of the Gerizines. It's Jesus, the Son of the Most High God. It's Jesus, the Lord of Sabbath, the Lord of angel armies. It's, it's Jesus, the one who was baptized in the Jordan and on whom the Holy Spirit came with power. It's, it's Jesus, the, the one who, who went into the desert, who was sent into the desert by the Holy Spirit to wage war against the devil, to be tempted by him for 40 days. It's Jesus who overcame. It's Jesus who cast demons out of people. 
if you're reading Mark with me, have you noticed how casual Mark is about this whole thing? If you've ever heard a story about someone who is demon-possessed, it probably shook you. But Mark just talks about it like it's every day. Jesus casts a demon out of the person on Sunday morning, Saturday, Sabbath day, and he goes home and he goes about his life. Then after people come to the door, he casts out some more demons. And then after more, he casts out more demons. This is what Jesus does. He casts out demons. He overpowers the devil. And people looked at the Jesus. You remember this. They, people looked at Jesus and they said, how are you doing this? Are you doing this by the prince of demons? <laughs> how ridiculous is that idea? That, that Satan would divide his house. A house divided cannot stand. A house divided is, is quickly conquered. It's ridiculous to think that, that Satan would, for just a moment, give somebody a moment of peace and rest. Why would he do that? This is this, what, what you, the power by which Jesus does this is not a power from the devil, but it's a power that's his. See, Jesus said this. I think it's a really important teaching that Jesus dropped in Mark chapter 3. He said, No one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. See, the devil is the strong man. But who's the stronger man who came and tied him up? And who's the stronger man who plundered his house and, and continues to plunder his house? Who, who is that man? It's our Savior, Jesus. It's Jesus who came to, by his death, destroy him who pow holds the power of death that is the devil and set us free to live before God. It's Jesus who by his death stomped on the devil's head. It's Jesus who, by the Spirit, was made alive and triumphed over the spirits in prison, who descended into hell. And let me be plain. When Jesus descended into hell, he did not go there to suffer. He went there triumphant. When he marched through hell, it was a ticker tape parade. In a way... I can imagine this happening because the, our Savior Jesus is so mighty. He made a mockery of the devil. I don't know what that looks like, but you can maybe imagine it as a grade schooler might. And then he rose again from the dead. Triumphed over death and the devil. He tied the stronger man. Jesus tied up the strong man and now he plunders his house. He snatches this man from the power of the devil he snatches you from the power of the devil by water, by word, by bread, and by wine, by preaching and teaching, by the scriptures. He, he, he binds up and sets free so that you, dear people of God, have been set free from the devil. Did we in our own... Sing it with me. Come on. Gretchen, I'm going to get the note wrong. Did we in our own strength confide... Our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side. The man of God's own choosing. Does ask who that may be. Christ Jesus, it is he. 
Lord Sabaoth his name, from age to age the same. And he must win the battle. All of our days, we live in this world where the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But this is not the devil's world, and you do not live in his kingdom. If it were up to you and it were up to me, we would fail, but the right man is on our side, the man whom God chose. And he, notice the subject, he must win the battle. Amen? Amen. Now the God of peace grant you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you.